fight for Leighton Baines then. He's got Lennon available short, but it's whipped into the penalty. It's headed towards goal. Breaks back for Baden. The skipper has netted for Everton on 15 minutes. The initial corner headed away into the path of Gareth Barry on the angle of the six-yard box. He managed to stab it back into the penalty area. And there was Phil Jagielka to turn home his third Premier League goal of the season and preach this Southampton defence, which has been something of a rarity these days. And Everton lead at Goodison Park by a goal to nil. Hello and welcome to the latest Everton Fan Focus podcast with myself, Mark Finnegan and Mark Ellis. And that was the goal that gave Everton all three points at Goodison Park on Easter Saturday as Everton made it three wins out of three in the Premier League. It, the win took us to 11th place in the table overnight but we're now back down to 12th after Crystal Palace beat City. And although we haven't really got much to play for, it was still nice to get another victory, wasn't it, Mark? It was, mate. Um, it was like you said, it was, um, it was a game where... You know, we needed to win, to be honest. I didn't really fancy it. I, I thought we'd get a draw out of it, to be honest. Southampton are an excellent side. They're having a really good season, aren't they? But I was impressed with the way Everton sort of, you know, showed that resilience again. Like, you know, we did miss it in Kiev, and that was the sort of what we've been, what sort of depressed the life out of all of us. But it was nice to see Everton dig deep again and, and like, get a result, to, to be honest, that we badly needed. I, I think that's... That's probably put like the relegation issue to bed now. If it if it wasn't all definitely uh, to bed already, means it was good to see. Yeah. It was, and I think like the QPR game the week previous on the Sunday, we 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 probably didn't deserve to win that game, but we we dug deep as you've just said, and we we it's a thing that we haven't done at all much this season is um, grinding out a victory, winning ugly, um, and. You know, we, we just edged it again one nil against Southampton on, on Saturday. But it's those sorts of games that you need to you need to win. If you you know, you're not you're not always gonna play with the swagger and you know, scoring goals no. for fun like we sort of did last season. But last season we still we still nicked points or a one nil here and there away from home and we ground out victories at Goodison Park, didn't we? Even if we went a goal behind, we'd still find a way back. So it's been it, we've sort of left it too late though, haven't we? We did, it was just sort of Everton performed and when you know when basically there was a steely sort of determination wasn't there like you said it wasn't anything fluent it wasn't um, throwing. I don't think we had a, an attack a, a shot on goal in the second half but it was I think it was just good to see the, 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 the team determined to, to see the game out really and to be honest I'm finding I'm having a job trying to come up with um, uh, too, too many positives because it was they've done a good job on Southampton Southampton weren't at their best but um, like you said, you know, the Everton much needed three points. It was just good to see that, that we sort of we got it together in the league when we needed it the most. That's it. I think it will be tough, Mark, to, to try and pick posit- uh, major positives and, and real highlights from the game. Um, obviously, we've just played the goal there. Um, yeah. We'll go we'll go through the game in more detail. But on the face of it, looking back, it wasn't really a memorable one, was it? It was only a few days ago, but... You know, apart from the goal, there wasn't really too much to shout about, but we'll do our best anyway, eh, fella? <laughs> but I think, um, first of all, the starting lineup, Gareth Barry, Gary, Gary Barry, I was going to say, then Gareth Barry came straight back in after his uh, suspension, and I know there was a few a few sighs when they saw him come straight back in, but yeah. with, with Bezic sort of being put back on the shelf, and um, Darren Gibson, obviously, will come to his injury later on, yeah. but... 
it, him not being available, he was only going to pick Barry, wasn't he, alongside McCarthy? He was, to be honest. The, the, the sort of the grounds of frustration that, that I, the, the sort of Gareth Barry plays, if he's fit, we all know that. And he certainly was going to play, like you said, with the injuries that we had in the middle of the park. And like Bessage, I think, is now maybe waiting for next season a little bit now. I think, you know, I think Barry was always going to start. And I've stopped moaning about it, to be honest, because it's it's something that, that will never change. Martinez has just proven it, hasn't he? But, you know, to be fair, it was justified in the end, but the result wasn't there. But like you say, I thought Barry in the game, Ross Barkley sort of set the example for the way he was chasing around the pitch, and I thought he could have done with a bit more support from the likes of Barry. Yeah. Um, but but Martinez continues to see something in him that maybe the rest of us don't. Well, we, we've spoken about that before, and you, I remember you saying like it's almost like he's it's written into his contract when he got that three-year deal. Like, if yeah. he's fit, he plays. So he has been a real mainstay of Martinez's side, but I think a lot of us were frustrated when we seen that name on the team sheet, but. You know, apart from that, yeah. we had Lukaku was out injured, Gibson was obviously missing, um, and Kone led the line. Well, I say led the line, he'd he done his, he done his best. But that's, that was how we shaped up. I thought, um, I agree about Ross Barkley, I thought he set the tone from the off, really. Um, he was... That's not something yeah. you'd expect from Ross, neither, is it? He doesn't, he doesn't like, naturally, you know, go go all gung-ho into tackles, and, and he's not the most physical lad, is he? Barkley's been sort of, what you call it, um, been getting criticism, hasn't he, for not getting his foot stuck in, and, you know, he doesn't look the best when he pulls up out of challenges, admittedly, but it was, he was sort of um, looking to get involved a lot more than he usually does, wasn't it? You know, like, we do want Barkley to be playing behind, like, the likes of Lukaku doing his damage, you know, in, yeah. in that sort of, in that hole off the striker, but, I mean, it was nice to see in the absence of sort of any other presence from our midfield as the Barkley was willing to put a shift in in that, in that respect as well, you know. I thought it's needed against Southampton because they're fluid, they're, they're sort of fluid movements and the way they pass the ball. You know, you need people putting pressure on the ball. They're a good side, Southampton, aren't they? You know, take nothing yeah. away from what they've done this season. But I thought, I thought Ross took his, uh, his promise that he showed for England the other in midweek last week. I thought he took that into the game, and you know, he without yeah. doing anything, without doing anything major. I just thought it was nice to see Barkley have a decent game at Goodison for once and. Without the crowd on his back, we our, our fans haven't helped with that after this season. But um, he seemed up for it from the off. But almost before we'd even taken our seats at Goodison, uh, we were nearly a goal down, and it was um, what's his face up front, Pele, the fella yeah. who's about he looks about six foot five. Um, he, he he latched onto a ball over, didn't he? And it was fortunately Tim Howard was not giving out high fives to his defence. He was actually alert for once. I mean. All credit, credit where it's due, Mark. Brilliant, man. You, you, to be fair, like, uh, if you're taking the save alone into context before, if you want to, you know, before we start picking holes out of how it's quite frankly ridiculous starting position for that. Um, but the save itself, I think you'll struggle to find a better save all season than that one. It was world class agility to get back and, uh, and you know, sort of claw the ball out the way he did. But um, like you say, but up until if you watched Howard as the, that move was developing, it wasn't the greatest uh, show of goalkeeping we'll see. I knew you. I knew you'd find a negative. That, I knew right you'd. Out the top <laughs> top. I couldn't resist the negative, mate. But you know, let's say it was a world class save from Howard. No question. Knew you'd find a negative because it was Tim Howard <laughs> I was talking about. Sorry, but yeah. no, let let's be honest. The uh, he's not being great this season and probably beyond in a lot of people's opinions. But that was a that was some stop. We, we were old one of them, Mark. I think often. 
Definitely, yeah. definitely. And he has got that in his locker. We've always said that, that he is capable of pulling off a worldie. Um, it's just the rest of his game <laughs> we've been questioning. But anyway, um, enough about him. Yeah. He, uh, he pulled off that save. And obviously, that was only in the, the opening minutes, wasn't it? Um, Southampton did look up for it as well. It, it, from the off, I thought it had an open feel to the game, didn't it? It did make it a bump. Like Saman, it did. They clearly haven't been afraid to go and attack Southampton. Um, Barkley, the shot that didn't think that fist, um, a powerful shot that went wide and all that. And before the goal, like you said, it was back. It was sort of uh, a really open game, wasn't it? Um, I thought Walt Prowse um, for Southampton looked the looked the good player in that first half. He looked lively, um, didn't he? He was staying that free kick. I mean, you know, once again, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm stating back to the hour route to the spot, but um, it was an excellent free kick. Any one uh, two inches wide, I think it was, wasn't it? But then, um, you know, so I'm actually like saying, playing with confidence. And, but I was nice to see that we didn't just totally look to deny them. We did look to try and land a few punches on them in the first half, especially. I'd say, I thought we went toe to toe with them. I mean, both sides. Yes. I thought I was impressed with Everton's chasing down of the ball from from the opening stages, and Jaggy Elker and Stones look well up for it again. And it's, yeah. it's been great to see, and that's what we've missed this season. You know, a solid defence and a solid keeper, and with Jaggy Elker and Stones looking looking like a real formidable partnership, and Howard pulling off saves like that. I thought probably <laughs> a lot of us felt a lot more confident um, as the game progressed. But it was yeah. the it was. It, the early stage, just before War Prowse took that free kick, in fact, um, we, we took the lead and it was uh, a Ross Barkley shot, I think, that took a deflection. Uh, a lot of people think it thought it just flew wide, but it took a deflection, didn't it? Um, the corner was eventually worked to, um, well, it eventually found its way to Gareth Barry, who, who'd done well, didn't he, to get the assist and Jag Elka did the business. To be fair, he did. It was, um, I think Stone tried to get his head on it. And like you say, the ball fell to back, um, Barry on the byline and he got it back. And it was a, it was a really composed finish. Jack Elkin and a sea of bodies there. Um, he, he sort of slotted it in with the, with the plant and he, you know, to put us in the lead. And I thought, you know, it was richly deserved that goal for Jack Elkin because he's really um, sort of stood up when we've needed him to in the league, certainly the last few weeks, hasn't he? Yeah. He's turned it round, he's turned his form round, hasn't he? He has 100%. Yeah, and he, you know, like Jack Elder does best when he leads by example. He's not vocal. He's not um, He's not going to start screaming at players. But, but he, he's, his performance sort of, you know, is his trademark, isn't it, when it comes to being the captain? I thought, like, he's been superb the last few games. Like, you know, and we've needed it, definitely. He has, and he was up there again with the opportunities, you know, and he's put, I think that was his fifth in all competitions this season. Um, that's, it's, it's, yeah, that's a really good return for Jags. Normally, one or two is his limit, really, isn't it? You know, but that's, no, well, we, have, we, haven't, we haven't had a centre half done, Mark, since, Let, since Jolie and Les got that. That was a goal scorer, have we? No, we haven't. So I think Manfield before that, we just don't do goals. Uh, you know. our, our left backs and right backs have chipped in in recent times, but yeah. it was great to see him up there. And I thought he, he seasoned like a, like a seasoned striker, as they say, but. Um, Barry done well for that. Up at the, it, to be honest, though, we couldn't. We took the lead, and it was early doors, but we couldn't really rest on our laurels. Southampton were never going to allow that, and they did come at us. War Prowse took that free kick, as you said. Stones, yeah. uh, Stones hacked someone down. I can't remember rightly who it was, but uh, it was mightily yeah. close that effort, wasn't it? It was just. A, it was a great free kick, to be honest with you. Howard was um, watching it and admiring it, wasn't he? You know, it, it, was, it just nothing would have took that to go in. It was just. You know, uh, the sign of a confident player, the way, the way he hit that. And like you said, nine times out of ten, that's in the back of the net, isn't it? You know, um, 
Walthouse, he's a good, he's a good player, isn't he? I haven't really, I've, seen, I've heard a lot of him, but I've not, not really seen too much of him. But he's, um, he's certainly a player you wouldn't mind in, in your squad. Yeah, you look decent. I mean, obviously Southampton went through wholesale changes last season, but they've still kept and brought yeah. in some really good players. And I think with we've all probably got to praise them and Ronald Coleman for what they've done this season. They're, they're an example, aren't they? What we you know, what we've aspired to be like. And of course we, we hit the ground running last year under Martinez and yeah. um, um, everything we touched turned to gold and there's been a bit of similarities there at Southampton. But the likes of Shane Long, Pele, although Pele hasn't scored for three months he I thought he was yeah. he's a real target man and um James Ward Prowse though. Just can never rest with a player like that, can they? You know, he keeps them on their toes. Exactly. You know, but James Ward Prowse, I agree with you, Mark. He, he looked really impressive, and he was involved again just after the free kick. I don't know if you remember, but there was a throw out from Howard to Barry, our two favourite players. <laughs> and, I've seen um, it, and then you know, I don't know if it's clever to be playing like you know, trying to sort of say you know, go with the confidence when you've got players who are sort of. Yeah, I know, like Howard had a good game, he made a good save, but you know they're not the most overconfident players you're ever going to meet. And it's like maybe if then you know Barry's a yeah the next person, Howard was best there to be beaten that long. I'm trying, to, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, and especially against the side like Southampton, who can hurt you. And anyway, yeah. the ball, the ball found its way to James Ward-Prowse, and he had a, a stinging effort. That lad, a lot of swerve. Howard seemed to be diving the other way, but somehow saved it, didn't he, with his left hand? He did the ball look like um, the old shoot balls that we used to have in the park when we used to smack it, we used to go sort of, you know, we used to uh, go with the wind and uh, divert. It was sort of aggressively swung in the air, didn't it? And I don't know whether, uh, you know, uh, again, I'm not getting on to Howard, I don't know whether his body shape had anything to do with the way that, that shot looked from uh, Ward Prowse, but he certainly did well to get a left hand on it. He's probably trying to high five the ball. He's probably trying to high five it, no one, Howard. <laughs> You know what I mean? The ball came over to say hi. Well, you know, you have five different but yeah, absolutely Americans don't mind that too. No, but well, he... maybe not good enough for the receding hairlines and the latitude to do the one hand. The business. What he did, and obviously. Uh, from then on in, it was still it, it still had an open feel to the game. Southampton did see a lot of possession, didn't he? But I thought we I thought we contained them really well. I was impressed with the likes of Osman, Ross Barkley, yeah. Kone, not as much, but it was it was hard for him. I mean, he he's been de- deployed on his own up front with the absence of Lukaku, and he struggled, didn't he? I mean, he still let's be honest, the lad still doesn't look completely fit, does he? Um, and he hasn't had he hasn't had much serious game time this season, so but. I thought overall, first 45, we'd done all right, didn't we? We did, and, um, you know, there was like, I don't know, there was never, Southampton, you know, were dangerous and they looked like scoring, but I was, I, I've been a lot more concerned in other games this season, you know, when, when you know, there was a sort of a, a, a relaxed um, air about us, you know, that we sort of knew we could do, do the business against Southampton. They didn't, they sort of, I think Southampton as a team are kind of running out of steam now, aren't they? They've had a good, great season, but like it seems to seems to be getting a little bit too much for them now. With the way you know we're getting with the squad and everything, maybe I don't know. But like I was never really unduly worried that we wouldn't get some out of it. Such was the way we were playing. I think we should mention Lennon as well because what he's brought to that team with um, his desire to get back and chase and everything can't be underestimated, man. Definitely, and he does deserve a mention. I mean, collectively, I thought we we'd done well, and we probably continued our, our you know our 
the, the positives from the QPR and the Newcastle results previously, but I, I, I completely agree. Uh, I want to pick your brains about Lennon a bit later, so we'll come back to him. But I think yeah. what you've just said about Sam, Southampton running out of steam this season, I completely agree. It is hard to maintain a level, though, isn't it? We've, we've found that ourselves over the years under, the, under David Moyes. And, uh, but yeah. I, I thought they ran out of steam in the second half as well, because literally there's not much to talk about in the second half apart from the substitutions and a few half chances. I really can't remember sort of any moments of concern. I know Tadic came on, didn't he? And um, I think uh, for Southampton and, and sort of looked to get uh, down the byline and get a few crosses in. That's not. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to think of uh, too many chances for Southampton. They did. They did have a lot of possession, so you've always got to be wary that you know they can hurt you. But to be honest, they did. They just lacked the cutting edge, didn't they, Southampton? It wasn't. Uh, I thought Stones and Jack Yelka would have, if the, if the pressure would have got intense, that we, we had enough on it, you know, defensively to deal with it. Well, this, like, the, we, it was a game played, it was sort of like a poor game of, uh, of uh, table football, wasn't it? The ball just, just uh, pinging around the midfield a lot and all. That's it, and a lot, it doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> statistics wise, yeah, they have more possession and what have you, but apart from, I think it was a half chance with Font. The centre half, whereas Jagielka and Stones, you just mentioned, they they dealt with it. But I, I agree, Mark. I didn't really feel pressure. I didn't feel worried. But I think a month ago, if we go a goal down there so early, we lose that game two one. You know what I mean? I agree. I, it's I just, feel it's a bit. It's, I find it a bit. You know, I feel a bit ridiculous because that's the Stoke game and full on panic mode set in. To be honest with you, I was convinced we were going down with sort of two teams. I just thought we looked that hopeless and now, you know, alright, let's forget about Kiev for two seconds. Um, we've, still, we've really pulled it together in the league when we, we've needed it and it's, it's kind of well, I'm so annoyed at how the season's turned out and I don't think there's a blue out there who is deeply uh, sort of pissed off about what's happened. You know, they have kind of made the, the panic that after the Stoke game look a bit ridiculous really haven't they? I, well, I remember sitting here on a Wednesday night, Mark, and, and speaking to you and trying to Trying to, yes. trying to record a podcast about that Arsenal and Stoke game in a matter of three or four days and I did, I, I feared really after that because I thought the, it, we were lifeless, absolutely lifeless in that Stoke yeah. game and it, I mean, it, it's easy you to look back. It's changed, don't you, because you know, this team's had it, you know, it's the same group of players, nothing really dramatically changed, you don't know whether it's sort of maybe a bit of professional pride kicked in or something, I don't know. A bit of crisis talks, but to me those crisis talks probably should have happened three months ago. I don't know. I really don't yeah. know. I mean, we've heard about uh, issues in the background this season, the so-called Martinez losing the, the dressing room and things like that. But what what has been the turning point? Was it because we couldn't we couldn't get any worse than getting beat by Stoke? All due respect to Stoke, they're a decent side, yeah. um, but we couldn't. We couldn't get any worse than that. We'd been beat left, right, and centre by all sorts this season. But on that Wednesday night, we were lifeless, soulless. And yeah. I remember, I remember seeing the players walk off and uh, our fans looking at them. And you know, none, none of the players. I think it was only Luke Garbot who raised his head to the fans and the manager. Walked, I, I thought, where do we go from there? But I, I'm really, really grateful that we have turned it around because those three wins are massive. Because now we're looking up rather than looking down. Absolutely, we're still we're sort of, you know, we've got nothing but mid-table mediocrity to look forward to, but like you say, I'm, I'm not being negative either, I'm just stating how, how it is, um, to be honest, maybe the players did not want that feeling ever again after the Stoke game, you know, and Kiev was a different kettle of fish altogether, but I think maybe in the league it was getting, maybe the, uh, an embarrassment was getting attached to us, you know, what, what was going on with us, so... 
we've got good players. That's what we can't forget. And maybe they just sort of dug deep, and, and you know we have got that quality, and it started to show in the last three games. That's it, and I think after the game we we were all relieved to be to be able to watch match of the day again for the third week yeah, on the spin. That's <laughs> twice recorded now in two weeks. Uh, the missus was giving me some strange looks as I sat down for it again, but thought, hey, I'm going to cash in here. Well, uh, you know, we haven't watched match of the day all season long, and now it's on the series planner. So this is, let's hope it stays on for the next seven or eight, eight weeks. Literally, how, how quickly football and the attitude can change. One week, I'm looking at the fixtures, thinking, oh, we, we, we get three points there and they get beat. Looking at the likes of Burnley and QPR and all that. Yeah. And now, now, as soon as we, we, we beat uh, Southampton, I'm on BBC Sport on the Premier League table thinking, you know, we get a couple of wins there. Could we, could we jump to eighth or even seventh? And I'm getting way ahead of myself. But you, that's, the, that's the thing, isn't it? It's what a couple of wins can do for you. Uh, it's just unbelievable. I mean, like you say, there is nothing like winning to install confidence in the fan base and in the players as well. You know, let's let's just don't. You know, all we can hope now is it's a damage limitation. Like I said on the last podcast, so we just have to hope we can end it as positively as we can and ahead of what is promises to be the biggest summer I've ever known as an Everton fan. Well, to be it, it's all about trying to forget the two two uh, the two thirds of the season that, right. that have gone domestically. And trying to put the Kiev travesty to the back of our minds, really, and install a bit of pride. But I think we should look back and take heart from the European campaign. But um, in the league, I mean, even if we do finish strongly, I think the question marks will still remain of the manager and these players. And I completely agree about this summer, Mark. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably we'll have to come back in the summer and you know talk about potentially what's going to happen an overhaul or or maybe even sooner. Um, but yeah. at the at the moment we've got the Swansea game to look forward to. We've won three on the spin. Um, it was good to keep another clean sheet. As I said before, we went to eleventh in the league. But uh, Palace got a fantastic win against City, didn't they? And they've uh, jumped back over us. Well, they deserved that Palace last night. To be honest, City would look there, look there. I don't know. Just lacking a little bit, didn't they? They played nice football, but couldn't break them down. But um, basically, yeah, Palace. I mean, you know, that result would have. Not helped that had we lost the last three games, you know, that would have, you know, panicked a lot of people. Or, or I know Palace weren't directly involved in the relegation zone, but you know, it's 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 something that we we're trying to get it. We're trying to get up in tenth, ninth, eighth in the league, aren't we? You know, and it's like it's it's so, it's so frustrating that we're still sort of looking up to the likes of Palace, aren't we? No disrespect to Palace, but you know, uh, you'd hope for a better um, season than just looking trying to catch them, wouldn't you? Definitely, and I think looking at our upcoming games, I'm more excited than I was. You know, the whole again comes down to the feeling and attitude. You've got Swansea, got a great record there. We've got Burnley fighting for the lives. Then we've got United on a sun- Sunday at the end of the month. Um, yeah, it seems sun- like I mean, the clocks have gone forward. The sun's come out from Everton, started to you know get the feel good factor going with a few wins. Like you say, Swansea away doesn't. I've never figured going to Swansea with Everton. They've always said it's a, it's always a sort of a. a a team and a, and a ground and a, and, a, and a game that suits us well, doesn't it? You know, Swansea have always sort of we've always had chances there. We always look, we always look like we're we're we when we play Swansea there. So I've got, you know, I would hope we could get a win there, absolutely. You know, and then like you say, Burnley before you know it, we won five on the spin. That's it, and I think I mean probably getting ahead of ourselves, but you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll be we'll be back here after the Burnley. Um, we get beat by Burnley at Goodison, we'll be on the wine, we'll be like, oh God, what's, what's going to happen next and all that. I think we'll just uh, hang up the podcast until the summer then, mate, because it's just, you know, no pleasing, there's no way, there's no getting 
get to grips with what's going on this season, is there? But, Smashing know, up laptops. Five wins <laughs> is, is possible. It, it definitely is, looking at it. and You know... It'll be very, it'll be very typical of Everton to put it, put this run together, but it, it's all come too late for us to do anything memorable. And it's, it's almost saving to sort of anger people even more that we've sort of picked up in the league. You know, had we shown one of these performances in Kiev, and I don't want to go back to it, but it is cutting deep still. That defeat, you know, we'd have still had the Europa League to look forward to, wouldn't we? You know, so we we'd still sort of been been grabbing the positives out of our season but like you say you know it's just saving to an, it's reassuring that we've done it and it's great but it's, it's also saving to annoy people as well isn't it it is you'll always that, that's again going back to being Evertonian you've got the three yeah. three domestic victories but then you've got that etched on your memory that dark depressing night where we you know we get hammered over there in the Ukraine so but anyway we've got to move on from it and hopefully learn from it and um, come back stronger next season but um, we asked a couple of our fans on I say fans say not fans of the podcast Everton fans <laughs> Jesus Christ I don't want anyone to uh, think I'm misreading it there but we asked a few, a few fellow Evertonians yeah, uh, to give us their three word review of the Southampton game do you want to read yeah. a couple of them out Mark? I think there's there's quite a few that, that sort of you know similar got hit home a lot. Um, Everton Canada um, put uh, papers over cracks, and uh, Clarey also put doesn't solve problems. So you get to see like you know the feel of it. There's still a lot of um, annoying, shall we say, putting it mildly out there. Yeah, um, but wait. We've won. It's always great when we win, but like you say, it's not. Um, it's it's sort of not the end of our problems, is it? Wayne Brown also said that he said papers over the cracks and um, Steve Irons said it was a good three points. Um, yeah. Richie Moore said it was easier than expected. I I I'll probably agree with Richie there. Like I expected, I know Southampton yeah. on a good side, but I think I expected a lot more from them. Yeah, um, not like I was fearing playing against them, but I, I thought we'd we'd see. I don't know a lot more sort of. Well, Last season, if you remember, we were a much better team back then when Lukaku scored that great goal against them. Um, but Southampton, were, you know, we were a much, in much better shape then, and they gave us a hell of a game, didn't they? Got us something last season, so you know, it's um, it, it was really pleasing to see the way we sort of nullified their threat a little bit. It was good the disciplined defence, which we haven't always seen, which you don't always make with Martinez teams, do you? Now, David Jones, he said that he touches on the, the way we played, and he's put ground out victory. And uh, Danny says simply Jags gets better, which comes down to the defense, defensive solidarity. And I think we we mentioned that before about Jagielka. He has been probably a key to our recent form, hasn't he? A bit marvelous. It was a captain's performance, wasn't it? You know him and Stones. There's no question. They're a different class when they get together, aren't they? You know, Jags, like you said, you know, had Southampton up the tempo and looked to really put us under. In the second half, I still was confident we would have held on to that lead. Such was the form of, of Jags and Stones. Yeah, and I, it's almost like watching a father and son, and, and the son's learning from the father. But I'm not taking nothing away from Stones there because he's in a class of his own, but it is a real real joy to watch them marshalling each other as well. And to have that consistency at the back is, it just, again, as you said, it just annoys you because you, you, you know. It's all lips, buts, and maybes for the you know the two thirds of the season that's gone before. Absolutely, it is. It's just why can't we do? Why couldn't we have done that a few times? You know, over the course of the first six months of the season and all that, and then we still play a part on me and stuff. But all you know, like you say, we can look back all the time, can't we? It's not going to help. We have to look forward. And now we're getting it together, and 
you know, the likes of Jackson Stones are going to be important for us next season, none of them are, you know, we're not looking to get rid of any of them, I would hope, um, so, you know, we're going to need them to keep their form going until the end and then, then start again next season. Yeah, and ultimately there's no one really to come in and replace them because this time is obviously going to leave the club, um, Alcaraz, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised. Let's hope he leaves the club. <laughs> Let's hope he leaves the club. Yeah, to put it to put it nicely. Um, and apart from a couple of youngsters, you'd look to probably invest in that area. But anyway, investment's not a word I want to start throwing at you, Mark, because you'll end up having a fit. So, um, <laughs> but um, obviously we we look to Swansea at the weekend, twelve forty-five kickoff live on the telly, Grand National Day, Mark. Um, will you be having a bet? Uh, yeah, I'll be having. Yeah, I'll be giving me money. I don't really call it betting. I just call it giving me money to the bet, the bookies. Yeah, I'll yeah. be doing it. Yeah, I don't ever. I go to the betting shop once to put it on. I never ever go back to, to collect any money. But yeah, no, it's always great fun watching the national. And hopefully, you know, Everton always seems to do well in April, don't they? You know, the sun's out. We always seem to have you know good performances. And from as long as I can remember in April, I and mean, probably points out a thrash, you know, something that we've had. But um, you know, let's hope we have a good day. I think. Swansea or a 1-0 win again that'll do me and then you know I'd settle for a place in the national mate such as my luck with the best <laughs> so that's a victory at Swansea and a place in the national absolutely yeah. alright well yeah, the next definitely. time we record we'll, we'll go back and we'll see if we got either of them alright between us <laughs> um, but obviously big games it's still well, it's a big lunchtime game um, and yeah. our recent record there I don't think they've ever beat us after in the Premier League um, our recent you record there Sorry. We're looking at the last. Th- what we were like in the seventies, but uh, you know we don't really get beat to Swansea. It's a good, I hope you know if we carry on the way we're playing, Mark. I think you know if we show that defensive solid solidarity in the way you know we've got players you can hit them. You know hopefully it'll be a good a good performance again from us. That's it. It's a bit like they're a bit hit and miss, aren't they, Swansea? They're a point off the direct the record points haul in the in the Premier League. I've been uh, hearing that for a while now, so it's like you know, I don't know whether it's like a, a monkey on the back. That, so yeah, they've had a great season, haven't they? But like Southampton, they just sort of sailed off, and this is what happens when you don't have strong, um, when you don't have the best sort of deep squads like the top four do. You know, um, injuries and suspensions take hold, and then sort of season. Drifts off a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean they're they're in eighth place, and as, as sad as it might sound, we're aspiring to probably, with a bit of luck, maybe finish around eighth or ninth. I mean, I think it's a big if whether we can achieve that. But they're in eighth yes. place. Um, I think Gary Monk's done a re- really good job. They beat three uh, whole three one at the weekend, and Gomez got a, a double, and he looks to be. I think he's on eight eight or nine for the season. The French striker, so he looks like he'll be a handful, won't he? Finished when he was clean to on goal. You know, he's a player who, who sort of I've, he's, he's, who I've thought, what well, I don't I don't get the fuss around him. When he, particularly when he was with Leon, um, there was you know he's obviously got something about him, but maybe he doesn't apply himself. But I'm not sure. But he's certainly got all the talent in the world. You know, he's got a lot of talent when he puts his mind to it. He's a good player. Really, he stepped up hasn't he ever since Bowney left. He hasn't. I mean, there was questions asked of him when he, he first signed, and I think he had a big goal drought. But they are big shoes to fill, aren't they, Bonies? And he's, he's, he's a good player. I'd love to have seen Pony go to the summer, obviously, you know, that 
was never going to happen with the sort of fee that he went to City with and all that. But, like, no, I, I remember yeah, us being linked. Really, uh, strong presence up front for them. We're going to have to, particularly he's in the mid now, scoring two against Paul. He's going to be, he's going to be fancy and um, uh, adding to it a soul. But like I say, maybe he won't fancy it as much with Stones and Jags in the form that it. Yeah, I, I think um, those two that we were just talking about, they're, they're both being linked to Everton in the past, not since they've moved to Swansea, but Boney, I remember him being linked three or four years ago. Um, I yeah. think he was in the Eredivisie in, in Holland, and Gomez, um, he's definitely been linked to Everton in the past. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we love our we love yeah. our striker links, don't we? We do. I seem to remember Kendall all years ago going after every striker that was over six foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be always always a black a black striker from France or somewhere, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. We going on holiday and we said um, back the Yoko yeah, wouldn't it? And, yeah. <laughs> Would you like us? So yeah, calling after like like you say, colours uh, black strikers. We have we've had um, we've had some some real really good strikers over the years and some real flops. But I think Gomez maybe was looked at a bit of a flop when he came to Swansea. But he's he's in a bit of form. Hopefully we can nullify that that threat on yeah. Saturday. Anyone else stand out for you, Mark? Obviously you've got um, the likes of Shelby, Routledge. Yeah, there's not the sort of Liverpool quality where you know he'll be one to try his best. Because he played for Liverpool, they want to be getting one over on Everton, maybe. Um, but also, I think you know, Sigurdsson is a quality player, right? Isn't he? You know, for um, for Swansea, he gets in there. He's a goal, a real goal scoring threat and he's from midfield and everything. And also, we've got a you know the pace of Rowley on the side. He's sort of very similar to Lennon, isn't he? The way he does his job on the right hand side. There, it's like these are players who um, we've got to be on our game to sort of they can hurt you if you if you give them time and space. Yeah, definitely. And there's another player as well. I, I was reading up about Swansea a little bit about their injuries and stuff. And Kyle Norton's being ruled out for the season with an ankle injury, which is a blow to them, but probably good news for Everton. But we we were linked with him, if you remember. He's a very good player, yeah. We were linked with him. I think we were going to sign him at one point, maybe, until Tottenham came in to sign him. And Kyle. Players, was, it wasn't Kyle Walker, was it? Kyle Norton. Kyle Walker and Kyle Norton, I think. And Tottenham came in. Um, I think Redknapp back in the day was just using David Moyes' transfer targets as his own guy because he was signing everyone. We couldn't. Sheffield um, United, they were that way, not they? But um, now, yeah, Norton was a, uh, a player who I, I'd have loved to have seen ahead of Tony Hibbert a few years ago. Well, he's he's out injured, thankfully for us. Um, yeah. And our record there. Last three games, Mark, we beat them two one. We beat them three nil. Remember, we beat them three nil. That was when Moyes was still in charge. season was Coleman and Barkley and they were both brilliant goals weren't they in front of the away oh, fans yeah Coleman though Barkley's was more impressive I think because he got the, the dip on the, the up and under the, yeah. the, the bend on the ball and the free kick wasn't exactly 30 yards out was it it was on the, on the edge of the day yeah well it's something to look forward to anyway after that uh, we've got Burnley and then we've got United so 
the games, you know, they're going to run out eventually, but hopefully we can sort of restore some pride. That pride that was definitely lost in the early stages of the season and, and over the Christmas and early early months of this, basically the whole season, we've it's dented our pride massively, hasn't it? It has, mate. It's to be honest, it's the bare minimum now, Mark. That I'm not being demanded. I'm not sounding, you know, like ungrateful totally. But you know, it's the bare minimum now that we end the season strongly and probably on top of the fourth table, if, if if that's possible. You know, we just have to. We just basically the big thing for me is now we have to look like we've got hope for next season in some form or another. And I know that comes from off the field as well. And you know, you can tell I'm sort of based into talk about that, but maybe that's for another time. No, I mean that. That's you know, we've got to be. We've got to end it as positively as possible because you know, in the league, we've looked a bit. Oh, I don't know. You know, it's all getting a bit too much. You know, we uh, are we going to ever see an Everton challenge again? We just want you know these questions all up. Like we've got answers to these questions, and we you know. That's it, and I think as you hinted at before, Mark, that this summer ahead is is a huge one, and we're not going to have Europe next season. Um, no. And. We've, we've both spoke openly about the squad probably needing a big overhaul but what we'll do is we'll come back towards the end of the season we'll, we'll touch on that and we, you know, we'll do yeah. a season review but we also need to get the views of the fans for the summer and see what needs to change and, and, I, and I know the Ken Wright issue is always a, a sticking point with yourself and a lot of our fans and to be honest myself yeah. as well um, speaking to likes of you speaking to the likes of Rob and David on the last podcast um, yeah. was very interesting and, and it's, it's a lot of it's opened my eyes as well. Um, speaking to various people over the years, and to be honest, I've I've just got my own frustrations with it as well. And I completely yeah. agree. We, if if you know if we're going to have an overhaul, then the only reason, the only way we're going to have an overhaul is if Martinez is backed by the powers that be. Um, but I agree. I think Mark, the overhaul should have been. You know, like we said before, in drips and drabs, like you know, and sort of the way United used to do, and I don't know, you know, we don't operate the same as United, but like you know, it now looks too big a job in the summer. If you ask me, you know, there's going to be a lot of ins and outs, isn't there? Well, that that's it. I mean, you, you can name you can name probably five, six, seven, eight players, and you think they've got to go, they've got to go, but really being Everton and with our financial restraints, and I say financial restraints, is that such a thing anymore because of the money that's involved? I just mean the, it's, the it's Everton way. Anymore, Matt, to be honest with you, it really shouldn't. We just sort of accept it and go, oh, you know, we've got no money, and then we sort of, sort of, you know, well, accept that a lot. But I think really now, before this summer has to stop. That mentality has to stop, certainly. Yeah, and I think we all we're all you know yearning for the consistency and the the quality on the pitch and the quality off it. And last season we got the quality on the pitch yeah. um, with the Lukaku signing. A lot of people probably thought, yeah, now we're getting the quality off the pitch, but there's a lot of underhand things going on that we did discuss at length in the last podcast, so I'm not going to sort of dwell on it now, Mark, but um, I think before we even get to the summer, there's a lot of people making a lot more noise about these certain issues now. It's evident to me every day, without actively going about um, you know, raising these subjects, yeah. um, you, 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 you openly do. Seems to be a, a sort of a change in people's I think of the 20 years has a lot to do with it Mark. it's just you know it's such a startling realisation isn't it you know the, the 20 years some, you know it's, it's a large chunk of your life to go without watching your club lift the trophy and I just think you know enough's enough we just want uh, we, do, we, we want better and so that that is more evident than ever and maybe it's took the 20 year anniversary for people to realise that maybe so and we, we you know we are we're crying out something's got to give it's almost like something has got to yeah, give. Yeah, I agree totally. And 
with you know we were too too eager to not too eager sorry we were so quick to criticize the player and the manager this season and a lot of people openly calling for the manager's head less than a month ago and probably some of them still calling for his head whereas yeah. there's other people I've who who, who are and you still think he should be going in the summer but you know it's just it's a difficult one isn't it it is difficult and that's fine if people have got those opinions then that I, I completely respect it I know you do but there's people yeah. who, are, who are not sort of on the pitch or in the manager's seat who are elsewhere at the club who are sort of escaping criticism and they can't do no wrong in, in a lot of people's eyes And but I think I've noticed a bit of a, a trend and change probably since around Christmas time and yeah. a, a lot has sort of snowballed the past few weeks you just you tend to see and hear a lot more people talking about these issues and wanting to address them but they sort of they need that bit of guidance really as to what to do or what to how to go Absolutely about it not. it's almost there's an anxiety out there tonight, just, well amongst those I can speak for myself that I, you know there's an anxiety now to sort of not we don't want this to just to be another summer where we just accept that lot again you know I just think that it's just it's game over as far as that's concerned uh, we just need, you know, we're just look, we're looking for change, we're looking for anything, aren't we, to be honest with you. We just need um, to have belief that Everton Football Club has a plan to move forward and a plan to be successful again, because for me, you're nothing without hope. Exactly, and you, the thing with, with the Moyes situation, a lot of people said, well, we went stale, or he took us as far as we he, he could, but, yeah. but it, was it his fault, or is it... Is it because well, you know, to be honest with you, last season I'll be straight with you, Mark. Last season I thought, well, maybe it was Moise's fault because we've seen Martinez, he came in, he got the team fairly nobody playing great football against some great sides. Um, you know, we had I think maybe it was Moise, but you know, let's face it, let's look at the last fifteen years and if you want to go into next bend, and I know it's not popular with, with some people to talk about this, but you know, we, we haven't been helped off with any kind of um, any kind of striking while the iron was hot, and there were plenty of times when Everton were hot. The, you know, the extra few million would have done and, and made the difference. We, we haven't had it off, we, we've let other teams off the hook as a result of that. It's almost it's, you're, you're built up but knocked down, aren't you? And a lot yes. of people will listen to you this. Never, and... You never ever get carried away supporting Everton. A lot and, of people will. You know, maybe it's time we stopped accepting that, and maybe it's time we wanted more. Well, some some will say, well, hang on, you know, I've seen seen it for many years. But the thing, someone said that to me, and they said this was this is it's been the, this has been the way before, sort of the Ken Wright era. And I I said to someone, well, doesn't that really upset you? Doesn't that make you sad because you you want more for this club? We all strive for a lot more on the pitch and from yeah. our manager and our players. And you know, from us fellow fans, we we want a lot more. And there's other people who who are sort of. Maybe got away with a lot of stuff too long, but anyway, um, we 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 drifted and we went towards that again. It's just to be honest, it is the hottest subject, and you know the games are great. Everton, we're winning games and all that. But to be honest, I feel horrible inside. There's almost a sense of indifference about the season now. To be honest, man, because you know it's lost its point with the Europa League uh, going out and the sort of league campaign being as horrible as it has been. You know. I still love Everton. I love it when we win, and it's it's fantastic. I always, but you know, there's a sense of indifference about what's left, really. You know, I think that's it, and I think as you hinted at the 20 year anniversary, plus because we've sort of got nothing to play for now, maybe people yeah. are scratching their heads, thinking, how do we pick pick ourselves up from this? What 
are we going to be in another relegation battle next season and, and we sell a likes of Lukaku, Morales, or yeah. or do we do we you know do we kick on this season and we get rid of some of the so-called deadwoods and do we do we build again and say right Martinez is going to have a real good go at the top four hopefully domestically try and achieve something because as I said in the last podcast and, and the podcast before that probably I'd take a Carlin Cup win just to say we've won something oh, you know what I mean just to have a memory from the season. Generation of people who haven't seen Everton lift a trophy, just so they could change. You know, I think a trophy win such as the Carlin Cup would change people's mindsets as to what as to what they want. You know, if you if you're getting best of the rest finishes, uh, being told that's as good as it's ever going to get, then you know you're not going to hit the man more, are you? But the people who have seen Everton win trophies and and sort of go for trebles and everything back in the eighties, you know, it's absolutely painful to see people accepting a lot as as we do. You know, we we do sort of just get on with it, don't we? Don't say nothing, but. You know, like you say, it's time. You know, I like I keep saying, it's time. We just wanted a bit more. Well, it's certainly, it's certainly um, a subject that the fans are discussing um, because obviously a lot of factions of the media won't discuss it, so the fans will. Um, and and we, yes, you know, we'll yeah. we'll get together again before the end of the season, and we'll get other people's views because that's the idea of it. And it was, as I said before. I've not previously spoken to David O'Keefe and Rob Daniels and they're both actively involved in, in things to do with um, Everton and not necessarily anti-board, well one of them maybe, but um, just the way the club's run and things and a lot opened my eyes but I think maybe, as you said, with the anniversary coming up, a lot of people yeah. are now beginning to question other things that they may have not done over the years so we'll see how it develops anyway, it's definitely a massive summer and we'll come back again and talk about that but... Just one a couple, there's a couple of other points, Mark. Um, the Luka, Lukaku's agent's comments and um, Kevin Morales rumoured to be on his way out of the club. Um, talk today of uh, a transfer to West Ham. Obviously, that's a bit. It's, it's, it's not very likely. But how, do you think starting with Morales? Do you think he's on it? He's got it. He's going to go, or and do you want him to go? Or um, to be honest with you, Mark, yeah, I've I've lost interest in Morales. To be honest, he's he's someone who I wouldn't miss if he went, and I wouldn't even sort of blame the board or anything for lack of ambition. He's someone who I think has delusions of grandeur but a little bit Morales. Um, he's a great player on his day, don't get me wrong, fantastic player, but, but the way sort of Lennon's impacted on the team and what Morales offered before that, I, I wouldn't be upset if, if, if it ended up with Lennon coming in and Morales going. I basically think Morales is first out the door, mate, right? and, uh, um, and once the window opens, he's just um, looked like a player who's wanted to get off for a long time now, hasn't he? Yeah. Lukaku's agent, well... That does just smacks of uh, Rooney and Stratford a little bit, doesn't it? You know, um, wanting to exchange the agents. This fella is known to sort of, well, he's already said he wouldn't have signed for Everton had he been his agent. So I think, you know, we've got cause for concern there. But Lukaku signed a, um, a four year contract, was it? I think um, we hold all the aces on that one. So someone's going to have to bid, uh, bid mega to want Lukaku in the summer. That's it. You can't, you can't really. We're not naive enough to become attached to players now, and I know younger people see them as heroes and stuff, but they do come and go. And you know, um, I was talking yeah, to a few well, people on Twitter. Just, uh, sort of, he's, he scored eight, seven or eight goals, but that was mainly in the sort of opening, uh, the opening few months of the season, wasn't it? He just hasn't set the place alight. He hasn't looked to to, to want to affect um, Everton's games the way he sort of did. Uh, I know we played well against Chelsea. I think it was you know a game at home where he looked. The part, but you know, apart from that, uh, you're not going to miss what's not there. And Morales just hasn't been a presence for us, has he? That's it. Some of them are being a present, though, Mark, and they've come through the rough patch and they've come through it with their heads held high eventually. 
And whereas Morales blows up and cold, and you said he can be a great player on his day, but it's only on his day. It's on his terms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some people like saying say, to me about every one of our players has been a scapegoat this season, some longer than others. But the likes of Jacks uh, has come through it, and I think Coleman to a certain degree in the last few weeks has come through it. You know, and, and stuff up. You know, quality will out in the end, won't it? You know, so it's. But the, Morales is just sort of I don't know. He, he's looked almost like he's been sulking right, since since January, to be honest. Well, people, people said to me, well, surely you must see that Morales is a better player. But I, I said, like, uh, people continue to pick their starting 11s and post them on Twitter and they're putting Morales in. And, and they have been yeah. doing it for weeks, even since Lennon's joined the chub club. But I'm not forgetting what Morales has done since he's been at Everton. But you see, like, I don't know whether it's because Lennon's English, maybe. He's, he's coming in and... He's shown for me more in three or four games than Morales has done in months, and I I just think it speaks volumes. I think he'll he'll turn out to be a bit of a journeyman, Morales, and he he'll move on from various clubs. I agree. And as for Lukaku, I think I, I talk about ambition and if we can try and build a team round the likes of him, Barkley and Stones, but it's a big if, isn't it? And it is, you know, players want ambition, players want to play in the Champions League. There was a time where I'd have been fuming with Lukaku's agent or you know, even Lukaku for that turned on him. But to be honest, when I look at the state of that and the way they are and you know, I'm not you know, starting that again, but you know, the way we are under this board and everything like that. I found myself agreeing with the fella if he, if he thinks he can play with them, you know, you know, he deserves a better club and more ambition, and, and you know, he's he's not going to get it with us under this current regime, is he? You know, it's just I, I found myself agreeing with him sadly, and it's just normally I'd have turned on him and said, you know, if you don't want to play for Everton, you know, you know, this is a pride attack, so you think no one's better than us, but obviously teams are. Teams are and money talks and it's a business and the agent wants yeah. more money for his player and a better deal for his player but ultimately that agent wants more money for himself. Bigger profile. You know, football moves, doesn't it? It moves on and I can't see Lukaku being at Everton after next season. No, I think, to be honest, yeah, I think we'll get one more season off Lukaku. He, you know, he's, he's a good player, isn't he? He's a goal scorer. He's not going to um, do a messy you know, to be honest, though. he's not in that sort of category but he's it's certainly going to be a prolific goal scorer, I would say. You know, he deserves to play in good sides. It's just, you know, you would hope that it would be Everton being that good side, you know, to getting players around him who can who can bring him on and, and, and benefit our team as opposed to someone else's. I'd love it to be, Mark. I'd love, really love it to be because he is still rough around the edges and he has come in for criticism, but for such a young lad, he's dragged Everton out of the mire at times this season. People forget it because he's not... You know he's not your biggest target man and greatest yeah. greatest with his feet and all that. But a lot of people, you know, give him unjust criticism. I think this season, but I, I just hope it all comes down to this summer again, doesn't it, fella? And, and I think if we can build around him, mean, he might think, of, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it out for a couple of years. I think we'll definitely. <laughs> I like to, not like to say we'll help with his development, but this is a massive learning curve for Lukaku and Everton, and it's a massive learning curve for us as fans seeing someone with his. Potential and strength yeah. up front. Absolutely, he's got it all. Hasn't he? Well, he's got the potential to have it all. He's got pace, power. He's, uh, his eye for goal is second to none. You know, once he's in on goal, he invariably scores, doesn't he? Or gets the shot on target. 
and but like you know, you know, like we said before, that that, that nucleus stuff, Stones, Barkley, and Lukaku. You know, if we just stand back and, and think about the quality, there's very few teams with that youthful spine in their side. So anyway, halfway, you know, you would hope that we'd have a um, an ambition to build a team around them players because there's very few better spines than that. And, and you know, considering the the age of them as well, the potential is frightening for you know. If we were to keep that together for you know three or four years, who knows? But you know, okay. like you say, you know, good players attract good teams, and we don't. If we don't have the resources, then then we're gonna end up selling him, aren't we? That's it. You've got the likes of Bezic and Garbutt. You know, don't forget there's other yeah. young lads there as well. You could even put Robles in that ilk because he's twenty four, twenty five, and. You, it, it's big question, big questions, and it's going to be really interesting. I, I agree with you. It's sort of like a, it's on the back burner now. The match, and it's like, well, we're not going to do anything this season. Let all all eyes will turn to this summer to see what happens because then that could that could paint the, the way for a memorable season next season. But it also I could it also it's could like go. Work the shit before you get to the gallery. You know, I'm thinking about work. It's just uh, all about the holidays, isn't it? And that's, that's it. the way I feel games at the moment I'm interested I want us to win but it's like for me the summer and what happens in the summer can't come soon enough I, I really you know sort of geared up for it and want us to you know start making to that proving a point that's it I don't want to be sitting here in a year's time saying to you again it's all ifs but and maybes but I'm we'll sure see anyway to be about you probably get someone else to come on with you <laughs> no oh, you'd always, uh, you can always find a moan and Evertonian I think there's about eight of them on every street corner Um, one last thing one last thing, Mark, is uh, yeah. Darren Gibson. Yeah, I'm gutted for him, to be honest. When I didn't see him in the squad, I thought, you know, Martinez doesn't really drop Gibson, does he, or if he's fit. I'm really gutted for him because he's, he was just, like you said, he, he is he's so cursed with his injuries, you know, it looks like he's broken his foot, hasn't he, and he's uh, out for the season, so I'm gutted for him. He's, you know, he's been really... And a little positive for us when he when he came back into the team, and you know, like the way Osman came back into the team, settled us down a bit, didn't he? But you know, you've got to feel for him. He wants to play. Um, he's not, you know, he doesn't moan, he doesn't complain, does he? He just gets on with it. But he's had a he's he's cursed with his injuries, isn't he? Definitely, and I think I, I didn't know until I got to my seat on Saturday, Mark, that he broke his foot. And that was just a sucker punch for me because I'm a big admirer of him and I've spoke about him previously this season and to see him yeah. come back in um, and his forward thinking play, he's just such an assurance in there and he's just something else to what we've got in McCarthy, Bezic and Barry and um, we've, it'd be I great. It'd just be, it'd, direction, don't we, if he, if he didn't have them injury problems, don't Mark. If he didn't have them injury problems, don't Mark, he'd be in that side every week for me. And I, I heard it and I thought, really disappointed. But I've read there today that he doesn't need an operation, but Roberto expects him to miss the final seven games, which I don't know, it's neither here nor there. But I, to well, me. Someone deserved a strong end to the season and, and an even better pre season it was Darren Gibson, mate, because I do believe there's a, a great, a really good player in there, you know, um, for next season. But it's just, you know, you feel sorry for him, don't you? It's really bad. He's going to get himself fit, but by the time he gets himself fit, all the players will be on holiday. You know what I mean? Awesome. It, it, it's, it's, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough. It must be really tough for him to take. Um, yeah, because, you know, he's, I don't know, he's just, he must look at other players around him who, who are older and, and, and get, you know, not, 
I'm not sure he's not like that when he's not, you know, bothered about people getting injured. But it's just he does seem to get more than his fair share of injuries, doesn't he? You know, it's just you, you can't. You just feel sorry for all the lads. He just doesn't deserve it. Maybe just, you know he's played well since he's come back. In. Maybe part of the factor why United got rid of him, but anyway, uh, he, yeah. he he could potentially move on in the summer unless he has a really good pre-season and then Martinez sees him as giving him another chance and, and sticking with him for next campaign. He he could well be one of the names that we see leave, and it'll be a really a, a big case of what might have been, which is. I think it'd be purely down to his injuries as well, which is an even bigger shame, isn't it? You know, it's not like he's had an abysmal season. It's just the fact that we. We need, unfortunately, we need players who, who, who are more, you know, reliable as as, as far as um, picking them goes. Isn't it? You know, it's just, That's you it. know, if he's on the treatment table, he's, he's unfortunately no use, is he? He's not. But anyway, we've, we've ended on a negative there. <laughs> Sounds like we're dead downbeat. Hey, right, let's, you know, we're going to beat Swansea 2-0, but then we'll, we'll beat Burnley. Beat Swansea, Burnley, and then... And then we'll we'll beat United one 0 Rooney on goal, and then it'll be uh, we'll be putting that Martinez mural on the side of the ground again, won't we? They'll be getting it back out, right? yeah. So I'll probably you know be getting my brown shoes back out, such as the fickle nature of football. I doubt it. Wait till he wheel it. Hey, wait. It's nice to be fickle. Wait till he unveil the Kenwright one. You'll be down there with your darts, won't you? I probably won't make it back, I'll be in hospital early. I think <laughs> receiving treatment. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, good to speak to you again, fella. And, Thanks, um, much, Thanks for listening, guys. We'll come back after the, the Swansea game. If, obviously, yeah. we've got we've got we've got Swansea and then Burnley. We'll try and fit one in between them games, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck in the national. Let's hope you get a place. <laughs> See you, Mark. Bye, mate. Ta-da, Bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.